Thank you, and welcome to this teaching from Today Evangelical Ministries. Today Evangelical Ministries is dedicated to teaching the undiluted truth of God's Word. Here is Dr. Emeka Ozrumba as he brings today's teaching. May the Lord bless you as you listen. Considering others first. That is one element that is a big challenge, and I'm going to come why this came up. Considering others, putting others first before you. If there's anything still happening in your life, and you're putting yourself first, there's something still lacking. Things about God for you. Considering first others. Being compassionate. That's what we're called for. Christ came to die for us. He considered us first. He put himself as a ransom for our own sake. And this issue never came before. I never thought about it before, but it came up. And the Lord is going to teach us right now. The way he's going to teach us, considering that. Considering others first is a manifestation of a completely crucified life. You know, Pastor Charles dealt with us in the subject of crucified life. A mortified life. Flesh that has been destroyed. That the flesh is now subject to the will of the spirit of the living God. It's a manifestation of it. And I can tell you also, putting others first and considering others first is actually doing the will of God. It's also serving God in truth and in spirit, in righteousness and holiness. If you will come first before others, that means that you have not taken a servant heart yet. Now listen to me. If you ever come first in any situation, or you consider yourself first, that means you consider yourself as a master. Am I, am I, am I, am I right? Isn't it the master that takes force? Isn't it the master that we force? Now, we're coming now. Now, if you consider yourself first, you're the master, not the servant. And if you're the master, not the servant, you are unteachable. Because you know it all. Now, coming to that, that's weaknesses we have. Some of them very small, we don't notice. It's amazing. Why am I saying all these things? The duty of one who is born of God, brought of God, is the same duty of Christ. As I have 61, please. One. I'll just read on the verse one. And I'll tell you why I'm bringing this up. The Spirit of the Lord God is upon me because the Lord has anointed me to preach good tidings to the poor. He has sent me to heal the brokenhearted, to proclaim liberty to the lip captives, and the opening of the prison to those who are bound. If God has called, he's called you for who? For what? For orders. Huh? For orders. We are coming now for orders. That's why he told us, if, if you look at what? 1516, John 1516 says what? You have not chosen me. Yes, you have not chosen me, I have chosen you. And there's a reason why I chose you, for orders. And he told us also in the scripture, which I don't have the time right now. He said, you are saved so that through you, others can be saved. That's only one reason. And you are given. You are given. You are given. Your pocket is full. Whatever you are doing. So that through you, you can give. That others can receive. Otherwise, it is all in vain. Isaiah 58, please. 1 to. Let's, we can read out 1 to 10. 
you can see what God is talking about that that what God requires of us is not prophecy it is not what speaking in tongue is not giving all the whatever you, whatever you want to do it's not sleeping in church it's not whatever you want to call yourself he said that's one reason for people go and consider them first go ahead please Isaiah 58 1 to 10 cry aloud spare not lift up your voice like a trumpet Tell my people their transgression and the house of Jacob their sins. Yet they seek me daily and delight to know my ways as a nation that did righteousness and did not forsake the ordinance of their God. They ask of me the ordinances of justice. They take delight in approaching God. Why have we fasted, they say, and you have not seen? Why have we afflicted our souls and you take no notice? In fact, in the day of your fast, you find pleasure and exploit all your laborers. Indeed, you fast for strife and debate and to strike with the fist of wickedness. You will not fast as you do this day to make your voice heard on high. Is it a fast that I have chosen, a day for a man to afflict his soul? Is it to bow down his head like a bulrush and to spread out sackcloth and ashes? Would you call this a fast and an acceptable day to the Lord? Is this not the fast that I have chosen? To loose the bonds of wickedness, to undo the heavy burdens, to let the oppressed go free, and that you break every yoke? Is it not to share your bread with the hungry, and that you bring to your house the poor who are cast out? When you see the naked, that you cover him, and not hide yourself from your own flesh? Then your light shall break forth like the morning. Your healing shall spring forth speedily, and your righteousness shall go before you. The glory of the Lord shall be your rear guard. Then you shall call, and the Lord will answer. You will cry, and he will say, Here I am. If you take away the yoke from your midst, the pointing of the finger, and speaking wickedness, if you extend your soul to the hungry, and satisfy the afflicted soul, then your light shall dawn in the darkness. And your darkness shall be as the noonday. Hallelujah. You say amen. amen. That's not, that is so heavily loaded. But if I, you want me to summarize it a little bit. James got it right. James said, faith without works. It's dead. In other words, we can say whatever we want to say. But there are things that God wants us to do. And if we don't do those things, we're just wasting time. Now, let me come to, now to you why all this came up. Last Thursday, just grant me a few minutes. Let's get this. Last Thursday, we had a wonderful time, right? Everybody agrees with me? Those who were here. We had a wonderful time. Well, we had a very wonderful word. We finished with the word. And we, for the first time, we introduced like every first Thursday of the month, we have something, dinner or whatever to go. But you know one thing, the dinner nearly choked me to death. Now, please get this in. It was unbelievable. What we did was great. I prayed the Lord said, do it, which is good. Okay? Because whatever you want to do, unless he says, do it. I'm not going to do it there. But in the process of doing it, I must choke to death. And for one week now, I've been so chastised. Now, I'm bringing this up. It may sound like this because you know one thing funny about God. I love God. You know, you know why? God will never hide anything. 
whatever it is, he will bring it open to. But there is a reason why he do. You know, he had he had Moses. What he called he had uh, David. He said David is a man after my heart. Unbelievable. All of a sudden, he used David as an example of somebody who went and did something terrible. God could have covered the body. No. He wanted to teach us a lesson. Look at Judah. We Remember we talked about Judah. That is known like Judah this and this and that. But look at what happened with Judah and Tamar. But God still allowed it. And from Tamar is where everything springs up. That even Christ out start going. Why? We don't know. Because God has his own ways. God only speaks to those he loves. I am telling you right now. When you are chastised, I pray about it every day. I say, Lord, if you will chastise me every day. And I mean what I'm saying. Because I'm no longer living to please any human being or to look at any human being. I don't care one minute what anybody thinks. What bothers me now? What do I do to meet up what the Lord has told me to do? And nothing more than that. I was so chastised, it was unbelievable. And maybe some of you will be chastised about so many other things. I don't know. Maybe that's why I want me to bring it up. Because I could have kept my mouth shut and said, what? That's how I came up with this uh, considering others first. Whenever you come first, you have missed the mark as a child of God. Because he told you to humble yourself like a baby. He also told you to be a fool for the kingdom of God. And he also told you that that which is highly esteemed by any human being is an abomination to him. And whenever you consider yourself false, it's pride that has come in. Anyone who is born of God, he says he's a new creature. 2 Corinthians 5.17 The old have passed away. If there's still anything old in you that remains today, go and begin to really pray to God. You cannot be old and new at the same time. It's not possible. So what actually happened here? I don't think anybody knows. During the time we were sharing, we, we finished everything. And Ukoma and I think Ukoma and Pastor Charles, they have graciously put away small food for my wife. Isn't it true? Now this, this, this is coming now. It's unbelievable what this God is amazing. Put away some small food for my wife. And then when we're about to go, there's something. Those who actually have known me for the longest, I never went anywhere before, except recently, maybe because of God, never went anywhere before, no matter whatever you bring, I will never touch it. It is just lately that I feel, well, a child of God, anything doesn't make a difference. I wouldn't touch it, not because I was afraid, just the way I was then. So, I went into the room there, Pastor Charles told me, said, this is for, for your wife, this, this and that. I said, Pastor Charles, you know what? That's one, one problem that I've had. And I have for many years. And when, it, when that came up, and the chastisement came, and the Lord is warning me, look, this is, I'm going to warn you so seriously. You need to really buckle up right now, because you cannot. And See, because some of us, we pray, and we, do, we observe the main big, big things. Don't commit adultery. Don't do this one. Don't do that. We say, oh, we are free. But God said, what are the little ones? Why did he tell us that? Matthew 23, 23. Can you read it for me, please? You can do the big ones and do all the tithes, but then if you miss the small one, you miss the kingdom. Do we have Matthew 23, 23? Matthew 23, 23. Woe to you, scribes and Pharisees, hypocrites, for you pay tithe of mint and anise and cumin, 
and have neglected the weightier matters of the law, justice and mercy and, and mercy faith. And these you ought to have done without leaving the others undone. You see, we cannot leave the small, the ones we consider as small. Now I go back to Tuba. He said, You have paid all the time, you have done all the things that are so big, look so wonderful in the eyes. But these small ones, love, compassion, the weightier matters, considering others even before yourself. The small things that anybody sees, because of the works you have done, somebody can say, Of the truth. This person is born of God. This person has changed, has been transformed into the image of Christ. That is, he has acquired back that lost image, which was lost during the time that Adam committed any kind of sin. That purified image. Have you gotten it? So, I told Pastor Charles, because you know, that's one thing that always been a problem for me. Okay? Meat. Are you here? No, somebody's like, I'm just telling you that this is going to teach every one of us. Maybe your own is different. I've always, I don't know, it is terrible. I've always loved meat. And I shouldn't. I, I, I don't know. And maybe our people eat a lot of meat or whatever it is. Yes, it's true. So, and back where I live, all the way in the spring, we don't have all these facilities like we have in the south here. So whenever I come here, it will be almost whatever I can grab. Because if I go back, I may not get it again. So, I, I, I took that. I said, well, Pastor Charles told me, he said, this is for your wife. I said, okay, thank you very much. I said, Pastor Charles, could I get a few more meat? That's for myself. I thought maybe when I was driving, I'd be chewing it. I didn't know that's where I brought trouble on, my, on myself. I'm telling you honestly speaking. Pastor Charles said, okay, yeah, yeah. I went to the wife. And the wife put, put maybe, I think, four pieces of meat or and put it there and give it. So I left and left into the car. Same problem, the voice. How dare you? Did you consider others? What you did is discontent. You were not contented with what was given to you. I graciously gave people under you that would even provide and say, thought about your wife and everything and said, I'm giving this to you. But you will not even take that. You want more. Now, I'm just saying, you see, if this happened to some of you, some of you will say, Oh, he's talking about us. He's making us look bad. I'm talking about myself. And we're going to learn from it today. I said, what? Yes. What you did there showed that you did not consider others. What was given to you or what was given to your wife should have been enough. And that's a weakness you have. Maybe that meat. You may think it may be a weakness. Then in the night... Someone came out with meat, giving meat. I was drink, eating meat. And I woke up and said, oh my God, I'm in trouble right now. <laughs> in other words, eat the meat. No, no, please. I'm telling you, I, for a whole one week now, it has not been easy for me. Because you see, that's one thing that is very clear. But it's been a blessing. It's been a joy. Because if the Lord would chastise you, who are you? For God to come and chastise you and say, what you're doing is not right. You should look at this area. And do it this way. So, I keep praying about it. I said, no, no, I showed you something. I've chastised you, that's all. But you go from there. But you want me to bring it up. And I'm bringing it up. You may be thinking about, okay, this is what this guy is talking about. But what is it in your life that is still lingering? When you have someone who is actually, that has crucified this flesh, Everything of the flesh must be under the spirit of the living God. Read me Romans, please, 6. 1 to 6. 
It has to be a newness of life. Romans 6, 1-6. What shall we say then? Shall we continue in sin that grace may abound? Certainly not. How shall we who died to sin live any longer in it? Or do you not know that as many of us as were baptized into Christ Jesus were baptized into his death? Therefore, we were buried with him through baptism into death. That just as Christ was raised from the dead by the glory of the Father, even so we also should walk in newness, in of, life. newness of life. For if we have been united together in the likeness of his death, certainly we shall also be in the likeness of his resurrection. Knowing this, that our old man was crucified with him, that the body of sin might be done away with, that we should no longer be slaves of sin. If we have risen with Christ a newness of life, a complete newness of life, there is nothing in this world that we can be subject to anymore. I'm just telling you right now. I'm, just, I'm, I'm bringing this. Read me Galatians 2, 20, please. I have been crucified with Christ. It is no longer I who live, but Christ lives in me. And the life which I now live in the flesh, I live by faith in the Son of God who loved me and gave himself for me. The life I live now is that of Christ. Now I'm just coming. The life I live now is just that of Christ. That means I am now Christ-like. I have been transformed into his image. Now read Galatians please, 5, 24 to 25. Galatians 5, 24 to 25. And those who are Christ's have crucified the flesh with its passions and desires. Its passions and if desires. we live in the spirit, let us also walk in the spirit. Let us also walk in the spirit. You know, that's something I saw on the, on, the, on the internet. Somebody was writing. He said, the Christians have no more condemnation. What kind of an abominable statement is that? The word of God says, in Romans, some of you are looking at me like, what is he talking about? He said, he told us one thing. Romans 8, 1 was what he was, the person was trying to quote. He said that all those in Christ, that no more condemnation. But he's talking about those who walk in the spirit. Listen to what he's talking about. Not, I'm a Christian. Do you know that everyone is a Christian? But does, does it mean that everyone who's called a Christian is a Christian? A Christian is the one who has taken the Christ-like attribute. All about him is risen with Christ. And when he's risen with Christ, then he has a mind that's no longer the mind of the flesh. Everything about the flesh must come under that. And that's what, who told us that? If you look at Paul, Paul gave us that very clearly. 1 Corinthians 9.27. That's how he ran his race. I don't want to go into all the rest he ran through. But he told us how he was able to run it. Otherwise he'd be cast away. Yes. 1 Corinthians 9.27 But I discipline my body and bring it into subjection, lest when I have preached to others, I myself should become disqualified. Disqualified. Now, did I discipline my body? I didn't discipline my body. No, I'm just coming. I didn't. That's what God is talking about. You didn't even discipline your body. Because of what? Because of meat. Meat. Belly for meat, meat for the belly, and belly for the meat, and all of them what? They will all perish. So I was looking at something that's perishable. Oh my goodness. Instead of setting my mind on things that are above, 
Why? Because if I've taken on Christ, then I have the mind of Christ. I don't have the mind of the body anymore. Read me 1 Corinthians, please, 2.16. First Corinthians 2.16 For who has known the mind of the Lord that he may instruct him but we have the mind of Christ. We have the mind of Christ and that is the mind that the scripture told us that must be renewed. In fact I call it a spiritual mind. Remember if you read the book, if you have read the book it's a spiritual mind that must be renewed daily and every single time. Ephesians 4.23 please. And be renewed in the spirit of your mind. Be renewed in the spirit. Why? Why do we have to renew ourselves in the spirit of our mind? Read verse 17. This I say therefore and testify in the Lord. Mm -hmm. That you should no longer walk as the rest of the Gentiles walk. In the futility of their of mind. Their mind. You see, we, most of us have been here even for two years. And I'll be... I'll be since he called me, I've been there. But because of a piece of meat, I was brought to zero. No, listen to me. I didn't think about it. I thought, okay, Pastor, give me some, so I can chew on the world and go in. It, to God, I did not even consider. Have others taken? Have they been fed first? Why should I even ask for more? I don't know if you read this thing, even in the secular world. Did you read the Tom Sawyer? Who read Tom Sawyer here? And once on what? More. What happened to him? The woman took what? The, the, the... Is that Oliver Twist? God bless you. Oliver Twist said, I want some more. And the woman said, you want what? He said, you want some more? He said, yeah, okay, you're going to get some more right now. And he used what? The big spoon. And he hit him and said, you want more, you got it. Sometimes when you want more, you're going to get it. Okay, because you see, it becomes your eyes are puffed up. That means something has not been destroyed yet. Now, listen to me carefully. A crucified mind, a mortified mind, that individual who is now transformed into the image of God, is that person who has been delivered from the bondage of darkness? That bondage of darkness and the bondage of the lust of the things of this world. If the things of this world is still holding you and you have a loss of it, then you got a problem. And that needs to be crucified. Read me 1 John, please. 2, 16 to 17. 1 John 2, 16 17. For all that is in the world, the lust of the flesh, the lust of the eyes, and the pride of life is not of the Father, but is of the world. And the world is passing away, and the lust of it. But he who does the will of God abides forever. Who does the will of God abides forever? Okay, now, if I lost for the things of the world, am I doing the will of God? It's amazing how the scripture comes. He gave us all this in the loss of the idol, loss of the flesh, and the pride. Okay, let's combine it that way. They meet. You know, we have, we have a case... We're looking at the case right now. The meat issue. Four pieces of meat. How in the world did I say, give me a little meat? How did it start? With what? <laughs> My eyes. 
And the next thing will be, oh, I always feel good to win meat. What the heck is that? That's the loss of the flesh. And suddenly, I didn't consider others. The pride of heart. Because you see, it's almost like, I'm not, okay, let me get that. Without even a thought. But did you consider others? Maybe others were there, they didn't get anything. Or maybe they have gotten all. Even if I thought they have gotten all, why were you not even satisfied with what was given to you? A crucified flesh is a mind that is content with whatever comes your way. Otherwise, you become ungrateful to God. Because he told us what? In 1 Thessalonians 5, 18, didn't he tell us that we should give thanks for everything? Then if we don't, if we actually want, okay, we com not complain, but we, we just want something on our own, but something has already been given to us, we would want that word, some, something more. Are we being grateful? No, answer me, because I was the one who was at fault in this place. So I'm not talking about you because some of you will just say, go ahead, say, oh, well, he's been talking about it. I'm not talking about you. Let me take the listing because I am like a mama. God, please have mercy. And he said, told me already, I've had mercy, but go and teach it. So my punishment is come and teach it. Right? Uh, no, 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 no. This is what the punishment is. Come and teach it. And I'm doing that right now. Okay? Contentment. Without it. You are a bottomless pit. Appetite that will never be full. That is of the devil. And not of a man. And not of God. First Timothy, please. Six. Read six to eight. First Timothy six, six to eight. Now godliness with contentment is great gain. For we brought nothing into this world, and it is certain we can carry nothing out. And having food and clothing, with these we shall be content. Contentment is godly. This contentment is what? Ungodly. I, I mean, I, that's, that takes care of it. It's ungodly. But we're supposed to be content with whatever that comes our way. Paul said, I'm content, whatever it is. I have learned to be. To do it, no matter whatever comes to be. And do you know one thing? I thought at one point that, oh, maybe, Lord, thank you. I've been, I've been doing fairly okay. Because to be honest with you, it got the point, and it's now, that the things of this world are zero to me. Money is zero. I'm just trying to tell, I don't even think about it. The second thought, what's going to happen tomorrow? That's the way it has done it, because God has answered that question. If not, like I told you, this is 11 years. I never worked one single day for a penny. Never worked. A man who was making good money. What, what's, what's money? There's nothing anybody can show me in this life. Maybe that's why he called me when he called me. There's nothing. It's like some of you gone to school. You've done everything. You've seen it all. My dear brother, you've seen it all. What If God is using you now, what can anybody stand and tell you? You're not a beggar. But yet, that God, I left here, going to England, as I told you. After England, he sent me to Holland for one month. From Holland, you're going to Nigeria. Oh my goodness, what would I be going there? Lo and behold, three and a half years in Nigeria. 
have you asked and anywhere offering? I said, no. But how did I make it? How did I survive? At one point, maybe about a week or something like that or two, it was guarded with my wife. Whatever guarded comes, I mean, I learned to, do you, do you drink it or smoke it? I don't know how to say it. I know you drink guarded, right? Whatever, no, no, no. We are drinking it and the thing became so precious. It was wonderful and with the coconut. Oh my goodness. Come and see the jolly of it. And before even I could ever get hungry, you know one thing, that was, that was the time for harvest for maize, corn. Everywhere was maize and corn and the pears. Oh, if you have not eaten that, those wonderful pears and corn, I'm telling you, it was like, and before, before I came back here, my, my stomach was uh, going up. I said, Lord, what did I eat? It's an amazing God. I'm, I'm trying to tell you right now. It's so amazing. So that contentment is talking about. Because when you have this contentment, what actually happened? Who told us that? Solomon, Ecclesiastes, please. 6, 7 to 9. Let's just read 7 to 9. Ecclesiastes 6, 7, and 7 to 9. All the labor of man is for his mouth. And yet, the soul is not satisfied. Mm -hmm. For what more has the wise man than the fool? What does the poor man have who knows how to walk before the living? Better is the sight of the eyes than the wandering of desire. This is also a vanity and grasping for the wind. And grasping for the wind. Can you believe it? Somebody grasping for the wind? Have you imagined coming out one night and seeing a beautiful sun uh, this in the moon and you keep there arguing with the moon? It's like arguing with God. I mean, it's a, that's why he said, "Cause is he who strives with his maker. Because what are you going to do with it? We grasp them for nothing. And we don't think about those things that would be offensive to God. Let me tell you one thing right now. We're supposed to, and we are called to, we are called to, to be the example. I'm not talking about be an example. Listen to me. I say, the example. God has called us to be the light, to shine. And he told us what? If you look at what Matthew 5, 16, he said, go now, shine. Go and do the good works of your father. When people perceive, they will only behold those light. When they see the light coming, not you talking, it is not what you say, it's what you do. You can say whatever you want to say in this world, blah, 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 everybody thinks this is wonderful, but what you actually do, because that day, I could just preach everything I want to preach, but that very day, when I told let me have a little meal, but let me go. What I did that day is being selfish in the eyes of God. I didn't think about it. Because we can do so selfish. And anyone who is born of God and this flesh has been crucified, selfishness is gone. Selfishness is gone. And that's one thing I want to point to most of our people right now. I don't even know how to coin it in English. The deceptive Cunning wisdom. You know, most of our people think they are very wise. They play you game. You know, they, 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 whatever, we, if you still in your heart. You see, what matters to God is your heart. What is your heart speaking? You could be playing this game now. Let me play this. So I, can, I can have a better of it, whatever. When you do that in your heart, you have offended God. Because God sees the heart. And he says it's deceptive. And it's not only deceptive, it's cunning. You know, because we pride ourselves as being wise. And he told us that whoever is wise in his own word, conceit, is not, is, doesn't even seem to be. Let me tell you one thing. Whoever is wise in his own deception 
and whatever it is, have deceived himself. And anybody who has deceived himself is not worth living. Because if you have deceived yourself, what else is there? It's like lying to yourself. Most people do that, like maybe addicts and so on. You talk to them, they still deny it, and they lie to themselves. It is very difficult until you own it and say, what I'm doing is not right. Then, obviously, you're not going to be able to come out of it. Person will be hiding there. So you see, that kind of wisdom going in. He said, we've been delivered from the bondage of darkness. We have left the world. The things of the world have been crucified. They are no longer, we're no longer under them. They are now subject to us. And if I have to operate as God, he told us what? As I walk, you walk the same way. First John 2, 6. First John 2, 6. He that saith he abideth in him ought himself also to walk, even as he walked. As, even as he walked. And that's why, if, if I mean, look at Ephesians 4, 24. It tells us what? That this person who is now new, that has been born now, has taken on God, has become God. He's now after God in righteousness and holiness. He does not look at the things of this world. He does not lust after the things of this world. Because the things of this world are subject to him. That which you see right now, and you think that's what you're going to get, God, who has called you, is the greater rewarder. That which your eyes have lost right now, God can multiply one million times unto you. So we beat the mark when we leave one thing. There's only one consideration. Only one consideration. Whatever you do, there's only one thing to consider in your life. How and what do I do to please him? And that's what, what Solomon was talking about. He said it's the whole duty of man. That is all. How do I love God? And how do I obey him? When you do that, according to what? Matthew 6, 33. He said, when you do that, seek me first. And my righteousness said, all other needs, whatever it is in this life, I will provide to you. And I'll show you I'm God. And you know, God is so wonderful. He said, try me. Just do what I tell you to do and try me. And you see that I'm God. And I fail not. And I change not also. In many cases, we may run in, we just want to take force, we want to do whatever we want to do, or we just don't even think. We just want, once we see it, it's like, oh, well. And then we forget one thing, where we have come. And Paul said it right. If I yet build that which I have I've destroyed, then I'm a transgressor. And should be judged as a transgressor. And that's one thing we have to be afraid of all the time. If Moses. Remember I said that Jude was saying it. If Moses, the devil, Satan was disputing over the body of Moses. Now think about you and I. We have to be careful. And that's why he told us what the Philippians 2, 2 have said what? Walk out your own salvation with fear and trembling. Don't think you have made it. I have come and arrived. Begin to ask God to examine and say, Lord, where are the weaknesses I have? Even the smallest things, please identify them. I, I pray that all the time. Lord, whenever anything, please show it to me. Disgrace me privately. I love that. If God will disgrace you privately, you are lucky. 
But because if he doesn't disgrace the law privately, if he does on our side, there's no hope that's going to be there. So discontentment is that truth that can never be filled. And that is not of God. Now, we should seek always and all the time. That bread, you know, that's the funny part about it. When actually the kingdom of God, when the spirit of God comes upon you and you're working on God, the things of this world do not matter to you. The food that should be more important to you is that bread of life. What is it? John 6? Yeah, John 6, 34. Read 34, yeah, 34, 5. And then read me 49 to 58. John 6, 34 to 35. Then said they unto him, Lord, evermore give us this bread. And Jesus said unto them, I am the bread of life. He that cometh to me shall never hunger, and he that believeth on me shall never thirst. 49 to 58. Your fathers did eat manna in the wilderness and are dead. This is the bread which cometh down from heaven, that a man may eat thereof and not die. I am the living bread which came down from heaven. If any man eat of this bread, he shall live forever. And the bread that I will give is my flesh, which I will give for the life of the world. The Jews therefore strove among themselves, saying, How can this man give us his flesh to eat? Then Jesus said unto them, Verily, verily, I say unto you, Except you eat the flesh of the Son of Man and drink his blood, you have no life in you. Whoso eateth my flesh and drinketh my blood hath eternal life, and I will raise him up at the last day. For my flesh is meat indeed, and my blood is drink indeed. He that eateth my flesh and drinketh my blood dwelleth in me, and I in him. As the living Father has sent me, and I live by the Father, so he that eateth me, even he shall live by me. This is that bread which came down from heaven. Not as your fathers did eat manna and are dead. He that eateth of this bread shall live forever. It shall live forever. Then if that would we eat and live forever, that should be what we should be striving every day of our life. And not the thing that will perish and is going to go away. That's why I told you that no matter how you try to beautify your body, whatever you want to do, you do it in this life. The day will come. It will belong to the ant. Let's, 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 I'm just telling you. We all know it. And yet, you know, people don't want to talk about it, but that is the truth. The day will come, it will be no matter what. You know, that piece of meat I wanted to eat, that it is all. Do you know what I wanted? How come since I ate that small meat that I've, I've, I've still been eating other food? And yet, you, know, you know, I've been so hungry since that time. Can you believe it? So, where did that go? That's gone. Yeah, it's gone. No, please let this sink in, please. Because for the Lord to take, bring, teach it. I don't know whatever whatever scripture give it gives us. That's what is going on. It's gone. That which comes today tomorrow is no more. It's gone. That's why you also admonish us and trust no human being. Don't look at any human being. You will see him today. You will not see him tomorrow. But I am God. I remain forever. You better look up to me. 
Because eventually it is appointed unto man to die once. Then there's judgment. You come before me and answer all those things. So you look at what God is talking about right there. And that's why he was telling us what Matthew 6, 25. Therefore I say unto you, take no thought for your life, what you shall eat or what you shall drink, nor yet for your body, what you shall put on. Is not the life more than meat and the body than raiment? Is not the life more than meat? And there's only thing that gives us life, eating the bread from heaven. Now, what am I saying that? Because, you see, it is that life that quickens. And it is that life that is life and spirit. If you look at what John writes, 6, 63. He said that this is the word I tell you, and this word is life, and it's also what? is spirit. How about John 4? Jesus saith unto them, My meat is to do the will of him that sent me and to finish his work. You see, I came, that's thought I came here to do the will, the will of the, the one that sent me. But then I, I took my eyes off a little bit. I wonder about instead of being thankful that this is what was even reserved for me, then I wanted a little bit more. No, it happened so quickly. I thought, I thought it was a wonderful thing I did. But then I didn't know that I was going to be admonished for one, one week for it. Okay? So, because when you are discontent, what are you doing? You're not satisfied. When you're not satisfied, what do you do? You look for more? Yeah, yeah, yeah. you don't look for more immediately. If you're not satisfied, what do you do? You complain. I'm Momo. And we remember what happened to the children of Israel. They complained so much, I'm Momo. Numbers 11. Let's read 1 to 6. The meat, which I, I took some more meat here, which I took. The same thing as a quail. They were complaining. You know, the man that came, bread came, no. They just, no, no. Uh, what is all this? After all, I'm going to eat bread. You know, that bread was filling them up. That bread was filling the children of God up. But no. They wanted meat and the fish they were getting from Egypt. Okay, go ahead. Numbers 11, 1 to 6. And when the people complained, it displeased the Lord. And the Lord heard it, and his anger was kindled. And the fire of the Lord burned among them, and consumed them that were in the uttermost parts of the camp. And the people cried unto Moses, and Moses prayed unto the Lord. The fire was quenched. And he called the name of the place Tabera, because the fire of the Lord burned among them. And the mixed multitude that was among them fell a lusting. And the children of Israel also wept again and said, Who shall give us flesh to eat? We remember the fish which we did eat in Egypt freely, the cucumbers and the melons and the leeks and the onions and the garlic. But now our soul is dried away. There is nothing at all besides this manna before our eyes. Read me that one to thirty three, please. Same one. Where? Oh, yeah, that one to that three. And there went forth a wind from the Lord and brought quails from the sea and let them fall by the camp, as it were a day's journey on this side and as it were a day's journey on the other side, round about the camp, and it, 
and as it were two cubits high upon the face of the earth. And the people stood up all that day and all that night and all the next day, and they gathered the quails. He that gathered least gathered ten homers, and they spread them all abroad for themselves round about the camp. And while the flesh was yet between their teeth, ere they were chewed, ere it was chewed, the wrath of the Lord was kindled upon the people, and the Lord smote the people with a great plague. You see? And it was coming out of their nose. Remember? Yeah. They were ready. The, the meat was coming out. Because, you see, they couldn't be content with what was given to them. They complained of water. He gave it to them. They complained about this. See, he told us something so touchy that God said in the Bible. Where is that? Second Samuel 12. Eight. He was telling David, you know, David committed adultery, David did all sorts of things and so on. And David had all the women in Israel. He had, as a king, he could do whatever he wanted to do. I wanted to know that. And God said, if you have even, why? Go ahead, yeah. Second Samuel 12, 8. I gave you your master's house and your master's wives into your keeping and gave you the house of Israel and Judah. If that had been too little, I also would have given you much more. Unbelievable. If that was too little, I would have given you much more. You see? If that was too little for two pieces of meat, I would have given you more. But why did you have to do that? Now, why are we saying all these things? And we're going to conclude here. The time as it happened to me, has come upon you. To examine yourself. Don't quit taking things lightly. Because some of you come here, I don't know where it's routine. Begin to examine. Take stock. What are those things that are weaknesses that I may not know is still there, haunting me? That may deny me or God or even bring the accuser against me. As we read before, the accuser came accusing Moses. That's what he did. He was hiding there, accusing Moses. He said, where are you going with the body of Moses? To heaven? No, 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 no. That, this one belonged to me. And God said, God, God rebuked you, Satan. He said, oh, well, why? Because he offended you, remember? Just one. Moses of all people that saw the hymn back of God. Moses. That's amazing. It's something for us to think and worry. There's still some of the things. God has been, lately, maybe about almost a week or two now, he's given a chastisement to one or two or three people or four or whatever it is, and I've given it to them. But it came to me too, because I was wrong. So it's time to examine yourself. You may not look wrong, but that's the way the Lord saw it. That you should be content with whatever you have. You should be happy. You should give me thanks because without contentment, there wouldn't be any thanksgiving. If there's no thanksgiving, it's ingratitude. That has followed. And God wants you to rejoice and be happy and say, Thank you very much for whatever you're giving to. And then He said, I will give you them more than we could even begin to imagine. So the time has come for all of us to sanctify ourselves. You don't sanctify yourself for yourself, you sanctify yourself for others and for conscious sake. Read John 17 19, please. And that's why we close.
John 17, 19. And for their sakes, I sanctify myself, that they also may be sanctified by the truth. For their sakes, whatever we're doing, let's make sure that there's nothing that anybody could even hold against us. And, and, and let me tell you one thing. The children of God are the ones that face persecution and the world judgment every day. But the world cannot judge us. The most important thing. Because if I do something right now that everybody's doing, my own may just spread all over. Do you know that? Did you see that man who said it was blah, blah, blah? As if there's no more man. That's the way it is. And that's why he told us one thing. What is it? Romans 14, 16. What did he say? Therefore, do not let your good be spoken of as evil. Do not let your good be spoken of as evil. In law, when I was practicing law, the told us, said, okay, don't do anything wrong and even avoid the appearance of impropriety. Even an appearance that looks like, because sometimes what looks like, people who normally think it is. No, 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 please get it. That which looks like, people always think it is what it is. And believe me, when that word goes out, it's there it is. You cannot recall it. And if you're not operating in righteousness and holiness with God, no man or woman will ever vindicate you. But if what you have done is right before God, and people are just going ahead persecuting you, then watch and wait. It may not be today. It may not be tomorrow. The Lord may leave it for one year or two years or ten years. But eventually he will vindicate you. And the word will come back to you. The word will always come back to the anointed of the Lord. Whether we like it or not. They will ask from that person. But whatever you do, like he said, sanctify yourself for the sake of others and for your own conscience. Don't let people see you and say, wow, oh, look at, look at what is going on here. So I will leave you at that. I think it's an admonishment or chastisement for me, but also for everyone who is here. And we'll pray. It looks like we're going to close a little bit earlier today, which is wonderful. Um, Lord God bless you and keep you in the name of Jesus. Thank you so much for listening to this message from Today Evangelical Ministries. We would love to receive your feedback and stay connected with you. So send us your comments or questions through our website on our Contact Us page or by sending an email to info at tmonline.org. Our web address is tmonline.org. You can also connect with us on Facebook or Twitter. God bless you.